Welcome to the podcast of Tech.eu, Europe's premier technology industry information portal and market intelligence platform. This is an interview special aired on February 11th, 2019. In case you missed it, interview special is our new episode format in which we offer you a few pre-recorded conversations with some of the most interesting people of the European startup ecosystem. I am your host, Andre Degeler, a tech journalist based in Amsterdam, and I'm really excited about uh, what we're going to hear in today's episode. So just to give you a taste, here are a few topics. First of all, we're going to talk about what's up in the Baltics. Uh, we're going to talk about how to hack travel with a travel hacker. Why would anyone need a tech that can count curse words in a video? And also how to bootstrap a startup to 500 employees without raising a single dime in external funding. And of course, much more. I am really looking forward to hearing these conversations. I hope you are too. Uh, let's dive into it. Uh, first up is uh, Cristobal Alonso, uh, the CEO and uh, El Patron of uh, Startup Wise Guys, a B2B accelerator from the Baltics, uh, known in particular for its uh, signature red color, for example. I'm pretty sure that if you are at a startup conference and you see a bunch of people where bright red clothes most probably they are representatives of this particular accelerator so let's hear what uh, Cristobal has to tell hey this is Robin Walters for Tech.eu and I'm here in Tartu uh, where I'm attending the startup day in the second largest city here in Estonia and I'm here with Cristobal from Startup Wise Guys which has become sort of a, a very well-known brand here in the Baltics and beyond but maybe let's start with the basics what is Startup Wise Guys hi Robin uh, we are the largest accelerator focused on B2B started in 2012, investing early stage all the way to actually seed tickets. So far, 125 investments. So very happy mm -hmm. uh, to what we're doing, but it's still a long way to go where we intend to be. Very active uh, investor, I would say. Tell me a little bit about the background. Why did it start? How did it start? Where did it start? Yeah, we started in Tallinn. If you remember 2010-11, uh, when the Skype exit happens, there is the famous Estonian mafia. And a lot of the people who was part of the initial technical team uh, decided that give back to society in many ways. So there was an, a first movement of in angel investment. One of the people around the Estonian mafia was uh, my co-founder, Herti. And he said, hey, we need to do this one. And St. John Bradford, who has been very active in sitcom, was, let's say, traveling around the region and telling everybody we need to do an accelerator. So I think everything matched together. From the beginning, we have an international vision. And what we improve or we kind of focus more through the year was after the third one, we said, no, it has to be B2B. We, that's actually what makes sense in the region and what we can actually help the things further. And since then, actually, the vision has stayed very, very, very steady. Herti is still involved with me from the beginning. And what we have seen is basically a much bigger expansion of where we are present, how we recruit, how much we invest. But the essence of what we started and how we started is still here. So different accelerators have different models. Uh, what's yours? Do you take equity? How, how long is the actual time limit for the companies, etc.? And how do you help them? I think we actually, uh, we say we are in the very typical uh, space that probably Techstars was the fundamental driver of it. So we don't want to take percentages above uh, 10%. We want to be always a minority investor. Traditionally, we invest up to 30,000 euros cash plus the program for 8%. We want to stay as long as needed. So our average estimation will be five to seven years. 
And our idea is that we want to keep our 8% reinvesting up to Series A. And that's actually also what's the model in which you actually exit. So I think the biggest difference is that now we have managed to get a fund that is able to go together with the companies up to Series A, where in the past we could only invest in the beginning, which means that on our best things, we maybe got diluted too quickly. And over time, we have seen that unless you have that follow-up capability, accelerator doesn't work. How do we help? Well, first we work 14 weeks full-time. And that's a key thing that we, we don't take anything that is not full-time. And we are very active in portfolio management, helping the companies at least until they get the next funding round in which the next investor should pick up part of that work. And I think that makes a difference. We have a, a very active long-term view, a network of more than 500 co-founders uh, that we meet at least once a year all together in a city in Spain. And I think that feeling of the family and support is like the large MBAs, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that gives you not only the investor, but a lot of support when you're expanding and when it, things are getting rough. Yeah. Another thing that Techstars does is they work with corporates to start uh, like specific accelerators for them as uh, sort of a wait for innovation. Um, do you do that as well? We have done that, but I wouldn't call it a wait for innovation. I think because we are so focused on B2B SaaS, we took a decision that the only way to develop the same uh, trust on the brand if we go vertical, is to have a partner. So we went fintech because we partnered with Swedbank, they're one of the two largest banks in the Scandinavia. Now we're going into cybersecurity because we're partnering with the Minister of Defense in Estonia and the Estonian uh, Defense Association, which is well known because of where we are in and the data uh, importance for Estonia. So I think in a way we move forward and we partner when there is a specialization that we need and that we want to complement our skills. Um, what are the benefits and the downsides of being here in the Baltics? But the benefits to me are clear, which is the long-lasting value of money. While you're finding product market fit, uh, the key sustainability pillar is to buy as long as you can until you find it. And we know we, we make a report uh, in Q4 this year that a thousand euros will last you 31 days in the Baltics. It will last you 11 days in London. Right. That's three times more time to find product market fit, right? So I think that's the biggest advantage. And, and also I think the commuting to anywhere in the EU within two hours is extremely easy and cheap. So I think that makes an ideal place for operations. The moment you need commercial muscle in the, and you're in B2B, so you need to be selling to large corporations clearly. Either this is just your operation center or you need to move to one of the largest cities. And when you start growing a lot and you need very specific talent, let's say I need an extraordinary content marketer for the US market. Well, there may be five guys like that in the whole Baltics. So when you get very specialized in the talent you need, you need to be able to look outside and attracting people to live in the Baltics is sometimes not the easiest thing to do. Yeah. And what about the investment landscape? Do you find that there's enough capital available for co-investments or follow-up investments? Well, what we say is that there has never been a better time to start in the Baltics or to move to the Baltics to start. There is around right now 10 VCs between 10 and 20 million for the seed stage. So it was always a very active uh, early stage angel investor for the size. What it was is that it was a huge vacuum this space there on the seed stage. And now there is a lot of parties that can invest the 250, half a million, even 1 million tickets. And also many of them are co-investing. So I was, and then afterwards, you yes, either you make it and then you have to go to the large guys, guys in uh, BCs in Berlin, etc. So I think there is plenty of capital. Capital is not an excuse, but as always, the good guys are difficult to get, but the good startups are also difficult to invest into, right? Sure. So, Have you had any exits so far? We exited in 2016 uh, Beetlefields, who exited to Monsanto Climate Corporation. 
we cannot disclose the returns, but actually we were very happy. I think Martin is very happy. So that's our first exit. And we have have six startups right now past USA. So I would say I would, within the next two years, with the maturity of our portfolio, we should be expecting two or three more call exits. Potentially, I would say a couple of acquihires will be happening in a faster pace, but obviously with less returns for investment. Great. Well, thanks for giving us an overview. Uh, a bit of a personal question, because I, I travel a lot. I hear that you travel a lot more than I do. I think you racked up 170 flights, I was told. Uh, and then textually, I hear that you're going to talk about how to hack travel. So can you already give us a sneak peek? Well, I think the sneak peek is that you need to have uh, self-management, right? So you need to understand that this is going to be part of your life and you need to understand how it works, right? So we were talking before about, you know, don't pick a flight at 5.30 in the morning because they're going to kill you. <laughs> uh, leverage when you have all that time in the flights to think, to work. So I think in a way I call it, you can develop your private office and space when you travel, but it needs to be part of a, almost a stream planning methodology to do it. Right. So it's like a discipline like any other, really. It is. And I think no, discipline is one of the most necessary uh, steps for entrepreneurs that have to do everything with very little money, right? So to me, yes, this forces you to take it to a stream, which I think actually might be a pleasant surprise when you do it for your startup performance. Right. Okay, cool. I'm looking forward to your uh, presentation in Riga. And thanks for the, for the talk. It was really good. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks a lot for this one, uh, Robin and uh, Cristobal. I really liked the part about how long you can uh, live in a place for 1,000 euros, uh, how long this amount of money can sustain you. And this is something I have heard many times actually from uh, Ukrainian startups as well. It just really costs less to experiment uh, with your startup, with your business model, with your product in places where living costs and engineer salaries are not through the roof like they are in London or uh, Silicon Valley for that matter. Now, our next partner in conversation is uh, Mika Rautainen, uh, the CEO of Valosa, a Finnish startup that understands and makes sense of video content. And this, by the way, is where counting swear words uh, comes in. Uh, so let's check it out. Hey, this is Robin Walters uh, for TechU, and I'm here at the EIT Digital Challenge Awards uh, ceremony in Brussels. And I'm sitting there with Mika, who's the co-founder and CEO of Valosa, Finnish startup that's doing very, very interesting things. But I'll let you explain. What is Valosa? Uh, so Valosa is a video recognition and content intelligence company. So we are creating this comprehensive AI that is able to extract the context, the meaning and the sense of uh, video content for different use cases, especially when it comes to production of media or moderating the media when you distribute that to the customers. That sounds like a very good uh, elevator pitch for, for investors. Uh, but can you sort of briefly explain like why the technology is so cool? Because I've seen it and uh, we've written about you guys. Give us some use cases. What, what can you use this for? So the leading use case right now we are uh, kind of tackling with the leading broadcasters in Europe is uh, content compliance. Uh, so there are lots of teams that have to cope with uh, huge volumes of data to figure out if they are suited legally to be displayed in certain time periods in the broadcasting schedule. And for that, they are looking at every possible pieces or elements of content that might uh, contradict on the rule sets that they are given. So, for example, how many curse words are being mentioned and so on. If there are certain levels of nudity in certain context happening mm. or violence or substance use. And we've created a very elaborate model in the platform that can recognize all these nuanced elements both from audio and visuals. And this summarizes a report for the compliance teams to make sense of the content much faster than what they typically are doing right now with their kind of a linear way. Yeah, we were talking about this before the interview, but it's 
such a horrific job, I think, to moderate like lots, lots of videos containing anything from like uh, atrocious violence to, you know, other uh, things you don't want to see. Uh, so for these manual, like human moderators, uh, you basically have invented a, a replacement, uh, but not just for broadcasters. You also work with, for example, uh, advertising agencies and whatnot. So can you briefly elaborate on that? Yes. So other use cases that we are seeing uh, rising in the AI space with media is this profiling of content. So whenever you create this kind of uh, superhuman profile of every second what's happening in the content, you can actually start correlating and having in interesting findings when you are showing promotions to people or comparing different campaigns, uh, let's say advertising campaigns. You can find the effectiveness of the, you know, whether you are showing babies or puppies when you are uh, selling a washing detergent, for example. I can think of so many use cases as well. Anyway, uh, what's the status of the company now? Like, what's your size? Where are you going to in terms of roadmap of the product? So right now we are 20 people, actually 21 at the moment. And um, uh, we have raised 2 million USD last August uh, with the UK VC, um, Zero One Ventures and a couple of uh, Finnish VCs following. And uh, with this money, we have uh, expanded the kind of exposure to multiple markets. So we've been very active in the US, but also now in the UK and continental Europe. And then we have uh, uh, expanded our sales networks also to other continents, even South Africa, uh, Japan and China. And in terms of product features, what's uh, next on the on the menu? So right now we are working on uh, this very elaborate uh, uh, expression models for human uh, um, kind of behavior analytics. So we want to uh, also extract the sentiment of uh, videos when it comes to kind of understanding what is engaging the audiences and what is not. And we have uh, very cool stuff coming out of the pipeline uh, with the balance arousal uh, models in the, in the near future. Very cool. Well, fascinating technology, great company. I think they're about to announce the winners of the challenge. Uh, are you hopeful? Yes, I'm very hopeful. And of course, uh, Whatever comes, it's uh, always good to be in the finals uh, among the selected of, uh, let's say, 200 uh, candidates. That's absolutely true. So, uh, well, best of luck, uh, not just for tonight, but also for the rest of the, the journey, I guess. Uh, thank you so much for your time, Mika. Thanks a lot for having me. Thanks, Emilian, Mika, and Robin. This was quite, well, educational, I guess. I really like startups that come to life from academic research. There tends to be a lot of interesting stuff going on under the hood, and I really like hearing about it. I will certainly now keep my eyes peeled for more news from Veloz in the future. In the meantime, let's uh, sail back uh, through the Baltic Sea and uh, uh, get back to the Baltics region, namely to Latvia. Robin, our founding editor, went to the manufacturing facilities of Printful, an on-demand printing startup from Riga, which is also one of the more significant, let's say, uh, success stories uh, of the country. Uh, this is a really interesting one. I have to say uh, the company has never raised external funding and still managed to grow really big. It now employs more than five. 500 people across all its offices. So let's learn more about it uh, from uh, Raitis Pudens, uh, the head of marketing at Printful. Hey, Robin Walters for uh, Tech.eu, and I'm here in Riga, Latvia. I'm here with uh, Raitis from Printful. What is Printful? Printful is print-on-demand uh, dropshipping company. And in much simpler words, we help anyone to start their own e-commerce business much simpler if he's want to sell their merch on T-shirts, leggings, mugs, posters, and other products. This is not my first time in Riga. It's also not the first time people tell me like, oh, you should talk to Printful. Printful is probably the biggest company. I had no idea how big you actually were. So can you share some numbers with us? 
yeah, we just celebrated our fifth birthday in the summer. Uh, we currently have four facilities. Two of them are in the U.S. One here in Riga, Latvia, and recently we launched an open facility in Mexico. At the end of the year, we hit one million registered customer. Not all of them are active, but together they have sold through Printful more than nine million items. So, and we recently also hired our 500 employee uh, across all our facilities here in Latvia and the U.S. And we are for sure the biggest company by how many employees we have in the U.S. Right. And also most of your business comes from the U.S., right? Yeah, the most of the business comes from the U.S. We started originally more than 80% of our business in the U.S. because they know how the e-commerce works and they like to spend money. <laughs> um, obviously, I don't know uh, a lot of details about this industry, but it seems like a relatively low barrier where you have lots of competition. So what makes you special? What makes you grow so fast? Uh, so, yeah, there is competition outside and there's a few differences what maybe differs us from competition. One of them, we own our production floor. So all those facilities are managed by us, not uh, some uh, other supplier, other company. So we believe because of that, we can provide the best quality. We can make sure that it's uh, a good quality what we offer to our customers. And we have invested a lot in a customer support. Uh, we have live chat. Uh, also, you can call us via phone. And, and we have so many reps in the U.S. and Latvia that we can uh, provide 24-7 customer support if needed. And uh, constantly, we are adding also other services. We added warehousing. So we, if not the only one, but one of the rare, which offers print and demand plus any other products you want to send to us. That could be a notebook, book, or other products. Right. And we're actually doing this interview in one of your facilities, obviously the one in Latvia, uh, which I guess is the smallest one because the ones in the U.S. are big, right? Uh, yeah, everything, but uh, yeah, you can't see, but uh, what you see here in the U.S., it's like 10 times bigger. Uh, yeah, but maybe describe what, we're, what we actually looked at, so the printing machines and whatnot. Yeah, here's the printing machines. Here's the stock room and stock room that you can't see at the end of it, basically. Yeah, and we have, yeah, we have invested uh, several millions in here in this facility, and, and, and we are planning to invest and develop our, our machinery even more in the next recent years to be competitive and compete with others. As well. yeah. So you invested heavily, but you're not heavily invested in. In fact, you've never raised a dime of external funding. Can you sort of elaborate on that? Yeah, it's a pretty cool uh, <laughs> information, which not everyone gets that, why it's like that. But uh, other successful businesses of Jogging Group, which is, could be a hub of uh, several companies, which you are also part of, uh, they were really successful ones. And uh, that also gave us some uh, money to spend to start the business and uh, what did we day what we did from the day one we charge our customers didn't give anything for free we provided a good service and that helped us to generate more money which can invest in uh, in our business to develop and attract more and more customers yeah, i guess it's the cheapest way to get capital is to get actual revenue from customers always <laughs> Yeah, that's totally true. And uh, we're constantly following our numbers. And we believe that, uh, I believe personally, that there's no limit for our business. So we currently, we are in the US, Europe, but e-commerce is global. And we are constantly looking you know, into other markets as well. Yeah. yeah, and I can see that you're very number-driven. Obviously, you can't see it now. Uh, but you have a screen with all the real-time information, like how many garments, how many sewing machines are like you know, shipping products and whatnot. So it's, it's super impressive, I have to say. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe just uh, on a bigger picture, can you tell me your sort of opinion on the Riga or Latvian startup ecosystem and the place that Printful sort of plays in, in that scene? 
yeah, we are still here. So our office is here in Riga, Latvia. All developers are here and uh, all the marketing and project managers are here. So the one thing which is Latvia, it's probably much easier is to uh, find uh, those employees who wants willing to work. And for us as a company who is at international one, there's not so many companies here in Latvia. And for us, it's much easier to sell our job to anyone who's interested in that field. So that's helped us to get a good quality developers and marketers as well. And uh, yeah, and I believe that also the cost of uh, maintaining the facility is relatively low than you compare with other parts of Europe. And for us as a Latvians who who are into the business. It's much easier for Latvians to open a facility in Latvia than in maybe in Poland and the United Kingdom. It's for some of people who can make a, a better sense. Right. And uh, at the moment, I don't believe that there's any borders for any business anywhere in the world. So Europe, US. So you have to just pick a place where you can start. And it's much easier to do that here in Latvia. And then you can travel to the US or everywhere else. And that's and the one thing also, I, I would say some good part about our electronic system. So you can find a, found a company in several hours here in Latvia, which is something insane in other European no. countries as well. Uh, we are going through the process to register VAT payers in different European countries. And it's not easy. Mm-hmm. In Latvia, it's relatively easy to start. In general, the Baltics are great. Estonia with the EU residency as well. Mm-hmm. And Lithuania with the ICOs, uh, that's, yeah. uh, that's their thing. I don't know why. And uh, we're really happy to be there. And I don't believe that we will leave this, leave this country um, from the uh, office office space when we yeah. organize the job for them. Yeah, but I was just going to ask, like, in terms of geographic in- expansion, do you also look at like Latin America, Africa, Asia maybe? I, I would say there's no limits. We haven't decided yet in which direction to go. Uh, of course, I have to mention that China is big. There's our Black Friday. There, Black Friday, some Monday is Singles Day in November 11, and that was much more bigger. And the Chinese and that market spent much more than anyone else in the U.S. So that's that's an interesting market which you want to see. And our history showed that when you open a facility in constant region, that uh, helps us grow much better. Previously, Europe didn't grow as mu- as fast as it did in the last year when we opened the presence here, because there's no uh, no customs and the shipping time is much uh, shorter than when we ship from the Europe. And also from Latvia, I want to mention that uh, yeah, maybe we should open facility in Poland and U- UK, but we can easily get items, for example, to Netherlands in two days, right. and it's it's not so long distance as maybe you believe, whereas Latvia and yeah. the rest of the world is located. Great. Well, thank you so much for inviting me to the facilities. It was super impressive. And best of luck with the rest of the the Printful story. Thanks. Enjoy the Riga. Hey, hey, hey. So this is it for our today's podcast. I do hope you enjoyed this uh, special format. Uh, Please let me know what you think. Uh, Tweet at me or send me an email to andri at tech.eu. Do not miss our new episodes. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app that includes uh, Spotify and SoundCloud. Just look for tech.eu podcast and you will find us easily. Tell a friend about this podcast and follow our updates on Twitter at tech underscore EU and on Facebook just tech.eu if you like the podcast leave us a review on itunes this will help others find it and will mean the world for us if you don't like the podcast uh, let us know why on email on twitter or in person any way you want we are all ears thanks a lot for listening enjoy the rest of the week Uh, talk to you in a couple of days in the next usual episode of the podcast take care